Women Radio Show brought to you by WomenAboutBiz.net, empowering you with the tools and resources to start and grow your very own business. Hello, ladies. How are you? This is Trina Newby, your host and business success coach, broadcasting to you live this beautiful day. And as always, bringing you so much inspiration, motivation, and ways to make your business, your dreams, and your ideas a huge success. Ladies, I trust that you all had a wonderful weekend and that you are now ready to be productive for this new week. How glorious it is that we have all been given, what, another 24 hours uh, to do some incredible things. And each day that we wake up, that's really how we should feel. We should feel grateful. We should feel blessed. We should feel that we have so many new possibilities in front of us. And that's that's very, very exciting. So we've got a great show lined up for you today. Of course, our theme all this month is Routines for Success. You know what, ladies? Consistency and routines, again, in your daily business operations help set the foundation for your productivity. So all this month, I'll be sharing success routines that really, really work, and so we've been doing that already, and today I'm going to be talking to you about social media routines that really, really work, so definitely stay tuned for that. Of course, uh, we are going to have our five questions of business leadership. I will be, again, sharing an excerpt from our feature book, Atomic Habits by James Clear. I'll be reading from Chapter 7, The Secret to Self-Control. Ooh, that's a good one, right? And then, of course, more holiday strategy tips. Again, more holiday strategy kit tips. Well, I'm here in Georgia, and I must say that the temperatures are all over the place. And I woke up, it was cold this morning. I think it might have been down in the, you know, like 48, 49 degrees uh, temperatures. And so uh, I was cold. And so um, hopefully the temperature is going to go back up. And um, we are hearing all over the U.S. that temperatures are low um, and not the average. But I hear in Colorado, the mountains are already packed with No, isn't that something? So we are really getting into uh, our fall season, our early winter season for some, and the holiday is just around the corner, right? And so, you know, I have been sharing with all of you ladies how important it is for you to Really think about your holiday strategy and what what you're going to be doing um, to capture the attention of others this holiday season. And so, again, I'm going to be sharing um, some holiday tips for you, for those of you who are in the service business. I'm going to be focusing on that a little bit more today and talking about ways uh, to really grab the attention of potential clients. Uh, during the holiday season. So I'm very, very excited to be sharing uh, some tips with you today. And of course, uh, as always, I want to encourage all of you, if you have not done so, that you need to just really ask yourself this one important question, what goals am I trying to accomplish by this Friday? And then you need to take a look at your calendar and make sure 
that all of the activities you have on your calendar or the majority are really leading up to you being able to accomplish those goals. And remember, if you're delegating some things to a virtual assistant or to your full part-time assistant, then you still have to put in your calendar to follow up so that you are in complete control. You should be having a bird's eye view over your business at any given time. You need to be able to know exactly what's going on, right? I think that's very, very key. And also, I want to remind all of you, and this is something that I do every year. I'm very passionate about it because I know what happens when you don't do this. Ladies, do not allow 2022 to come into the full season of the year and you have not developed some type of strategic plan of where you're going. You know, for example, you know, what, uh, what is your marketing strategy going to be for 2022 first quarter? right? You can't wait to New Year's to actually start planning out what's supposed to be happening in January. You're going to be putting yourself anywhere between one to three months behind. So all of that has to be done right now. So what, what you really have to do is you have to get yourself scheduled some time where you are planning out what's going to be happening for the rest of this year and moving on into the first quarter of 2022. And um, I'm going to be like your mama right now. I'm not going to tell you no more. You're, you need to get it done and you need to do it before the before this month. You need to be scheduling, you know, you need to fit in somewhere between 20 to, to 40 hours of time to your business to help yourself plan your strategic um, strategy and so are your strategy. And I um, am very adamant about that, and I'm practicing what I preach and teach because that is exactly what I am doing. I'm looking at ways that I want to improve. I'm holding myself accountable, and so should you. So don't forget how important that is. And I'll be sharing a few things with you again a little bit later on in the show, some holiday strategy tips that I think um, can really, really help you. Um, I want to right now just give you some updates on social media. You guys know I'm always talking about Facebook and what are some of the new things that are happening. And I've had a lot of people to ask me some questions about uh, Facebook and SEO, search engine optimization. And as you guys know, basically search engine optimization is either a web page or a landing page or a social media page that's highly optimized, utilizing consistently keywords that people use to search for your type of product or service, right? And so I had shared maybe about a month or so ago on the show, um, and I recently received a couple of emails of people saying, could you explain again about Facebook fan page and search engine optimization. So first let me preface with saying that Facebook fan page is really changing so doggone much that it's really hard for me to even keep up with it. And so is it for almost all ex social media experts are talking about uh, the constant changes that are actually going on with Facebook. But does that mean that we should stop using it? No. So first let me just say that I think every business could take advantage of having a Facebook fan page or a Facebook business page. I think um, that there are still some benefits to that. So 
I want to just give you a few ways that you can use your Facebook fan page from a search engine optimization standpoint. So the first thing you need to understand is that you really need to make sure that you complete your fan page. You know, don't don't give someone your fan page or have people coming to your fan page and it's really not presentable. You don't have any brand thing there on your fan page and, you, you know, um, you haven't posted in a long time. And, you know, being keeping it transparent, that has happened to me a couple of times because, yes, it is sometimes difficult um, to keep up with social media. But the thing that you need to remember is that if you have a fan page on Facebook, the first thing that you need to do is to make sure that you're planning things out but you need to know the keywords or the keyword phrases that people most frequently use to search for your type of service or product. Now, that is very, very important. And I think a lot of times business women have a tendency to overlook that altogether when it comes to marketing uh, their business. You know, a lot of times I see people mimicking or mocking what they think is a good marketing strategy without actually having did research, without actually having done any any surveys, or really uh, basing their marketing on sound information. And I think that's, uh, you know, a path that as a businesswoman, you don't want to get yourself in the habit of really doing that. You really want to be clear on why you're marketing in the way that you are actually marketing. And the best way to do that, I think, is to really build a character profile of your typical client. You know, is it male or female? How much money do they make? Um, you know, where do they hang out? What do they like? And, and and if you can, give that person a name and really, really build out that character profile to know who your typical client really, really is. And that's very, very important. For example, you know, if you, um, I'll give an example of one of my clients. Okay, if you owned uh, a, a cheerleading program for young girls between the ages of five and thirteen. You, your, your target audience is really the mother, right? Your target audience is really the mother, and since they have a certain income to be able to afford your program for their daughters, then you really need to be able to identify the income bracket right? You need to be able to do that. And you also need to know the keywords that they would put in the search engine to look for you. And that's very, very important. So in keeping with what I'm trying to share about search engine optimization and the Facebook fan page, let me just give you these few tips. First of all, I, I mentioned that you need to go ahead and make sure you build out your fan page, which is very important. But in knowing the keywords that you're going to use, you need to make sure that the post you're posting actually are relevant to those keywords, meaning it's mentioning those keywords, and you need to do that consistently, okay? Very, very important. Now, a lot of the times you can also link to articles that you've written on your website that are mentioning keywords and keyword phrases as well, which is very important. Now, how does that help you? How does that work? Well, first of all, you know, Google, Google still remains the largest search engine in the world. And so when people are going to Google and they're searching for certain things, basically you're looking to attach yourself to other third-party platforms 
that basically have more visitors than you, that are highly optimized themselves. And Facebook, of course, with over a billion visitors every single day, certainly fits that bill. But then Facebook is going to give a lot of weight to your um, fan page and possibly put it on the first or second page if you're using the exact keywords or keyword phrases that people would search for you. So in many instances, if you have a service, People may find you through Facebook if your fan page is optimized with the same keywords and keyword phrases that they use more than they would from your website. Isn't that interesting? But what Facebook um, does, the algorithm does, is that it basically after a few searches and you keep coming up, it's going to associate and rewire and it's going to associate um, your website to your fan page and other places that you are, it'll start searching for you. It'll start searching for your business name or it'll start searching for your name, right? And so that's, I think, a very important thing to know about the Facebook fan page. So as you are posting, you really have to be mindful of what you're posting. Just don't post something to get it up there. Make sure that you look at every post that you have and that you have relevant keywords. Many of the posts need to have the relevant keywords that people would search for you, which I think is very, very key, right? Um, and I've, I've seen it work for myself. I've seen it work for clients. I've seen it work for a lot of people. So while you may post, and Facebook, by the way, is still only showing 3 to 5% of your followers your post on Facebook. It's still helping you out from a search engine optimization. So for those of you that were kind of feeling like, you know, you've been kicked to the curb by Facebook because, you know, you shouldn't have to pay money and boost your post every time you want all of your followers to see it. Well, you know, ladies, what we have to realize is that um, we may not like it, but they've given us a lot of free stuff on Facebook for a very long time. And so we just have to pick and choose which things we want to spend our ad dollars on on our fan page, right? And I think that's very key to um, to realize. So with that said, I'm encouraging all of you to still keep your fan pages up to date and make sure that you go back and you really think about what you're posting to make sure that it is definitely relevant, very, very important. The other thing I want to remind you of as well, now I do notice that something was going on with the hashtags on Facebook um, the, over the weekend, and um, the, the, you know, when you put the hashtag, your posts weren't really showing in the hashtag, um, but then I did it this morning and my post started showing on certain hashtags. So. Use hashtags, okay, but use them sparingly on your fan page. I would say you really want to use anywhere between three to seven hashtags, right? But if you're going to use those hashtags, then you need to use them consistently, right? Not just every now and then. Now, the one thing that I have learned is that people whose posts show at the top of the hashtag pages, whatever the subject might be, um, oftentimes they are getting a lot of likes on their particular post or the post seems to be educational or they are announcing some award or they are announcing some accomplishment. And so they tend to get a lot of likes. And so those who get the most likes, their posts are going to show up at the top of those particular hashtag pages. So keep that in mind. 
another thing that you might want to do as well, and this is using email effectively, is that after you have made a post on your fan page or in your Facebook group, you know, you always want to go and and include in your, your emails to your list, you always want to let them know, hey, go like this particular post or go, uh, go like uh, a new resource that we have put out. And you can even create a campaign around it um, and really, you know, give away some prizes and different things like that on certain posts. You know, you can have a marvelous Monday where every Monday you give away uh, some type of prize so, uh, to those people who are visiting your fan page and liking uh, liking your post because you can tell who's liking your post. It does give you the names of those individuals that are liking it. So that allows you to randomly choose someone to win a prize. So again, there's a lot of creative things that you can still do. I think that's very, very important. Some other new things that are coming up on Facebook, just want to quickly let you know, is that Facebook is launching a lot of new business tools uh, that are coming out. And if you haven't noticed already, they're getting ready to do a lot with their application that they own called WhatsApp. So now you can have a WhatsApp button on your profile, which allows people to quickly um, call you if they want to ask you questions business-wise or what have you. Uh, this is why I like having a business phone number because um, if you're going to use use WhatsApp in that manner, you definitely want to connect a phone number that's a business-related number and not necessarily your personal phone number. Very, very key uh, to pay close attention to that. Also, people are able to leave you messages now utilizing the WhatsApp feature as well, but you can also send messages to those individuals, right, on WhatsApp too. So you can respond back and forth on the WhatsApp. So that's a really, really good thing, and, and I think that's really helping you to really target market individuals that have connected with you through WhatsApp. And uh, another really good feature from your fan page that I like is um, Messenger. Um, there's a third-party app that allows you to actually use Messenger as a customer service feature on your website so that when someone has a question or want to connect with you business-wise, it can pop up on your, um, on your phone and you can answer right there without having to check your email or your website. So there's a lot of new things that are coming out on Facebook. Um, let's hold our seats. They've been talking about a paid membership for a long time now. We have not seen that, um, but I have been hearing that they have been beta testing. Um, so I don't know what that means, and I am looking forward to seeing how Facebook is going to get more consistent. They know that there's some issues going on with their customer service. It has been for years. Hopefully, they are going to improve that as well uh, coming up because a lot they're getting a lot of, uh, of mail, email, and a lot of people blowing up all of their Facebook groups saying, hey, you need to do something about your horrible customer service. And so I think they are working on that. So let's see. Let's see what happens. So this is kind of like battle of the social media platforms because they are all doing a whole lot of new things and uh, fighting for the attention of all of us who use them 
on a daily basis. So just keep an eye out, and I'll try my best to keep all of you informed. It's 1219 after the hour, and you are listening to no other than the Successful Woman radio show. I want to move right into five questions of business leadership. Again, five questions of business leadership. Now, ladies, keep in mind, these questions are meant for you to ask them of yourself as often as you need. And you're not always going to have or give the same answers to the question. Um, You know, it just depends on where you are in business. But the one thing that I can tell you is that your answers will spark you to take some kind of action, put something into plan, or get completely back to the drawing board if you cannot answer these questions in a way that that helps you to know that you're growing your business or your business is growing or that you need to work on some things to do better, right? So let's go ahead and start with question number one in the five questions of business leadership. Number one, have I prepared my mindset for greatness? Ladies, it is our responsibility to set our mindset and put our mindsets in place every single day and throughout every day, right? What beliefs and habits do you need to support your vision and your goals? What about your morning personal development? Um, Looking at what your goals are for the entire month, are there some things personal development-wise that you could work on, some skills that you can hone in on that can help you um, with your goals for the month? You know, what about creating affirmations that are customized and personal to yourself? You know, have you been doing that? Remember, tapping into your own personal power, I'm here to tell you, I do it every single day, it's the greatest asset that you have. It's the greatest gift from God to be able to tap into your own personal power. So creating your own customized affirmations that you have written yourself will encourage you highly. And it's not to say that you can't get motivated from others, but I'm just here to tell you, sister. When it comes to, you know, getting some things done, we all have had to sit our behinds down and really get real with ourselves. Well, doing, well, creating these affirmations like that and doing that is going to really help you. You're going to start seeing immediate changes, and you're going to find yourself saying your own personal affirmations throughout the day. Here's number two. Are my beliefs in alignment with my vision and my goals? Well, this is one of the first things that you need to be asking yourself, especially when you're coming up with a new business idea, you're trying to take yourself to the next level, uh, you're thinking about spending some money on, on, on a new business concept. You need to be asking yourself, well, hold on, what are the beliefs I need in order for this to even happen? You know, let's make sure that my beliefs are in alignment with my vision and my goals to make this new idea successful. Let's make sure that's happening. So many times, and I see it so often as I'm coaching so many women, so many times I see it where women come wanting to start different businesses, but when I take them through my belief exercise and I say, okay, let's look at any beliefs that you might have that are holding you back, women tell me over and over, Trina, I never thought to do this. I never even began to think about that that I may have some beliefs that would hold me back. But now that I did your exercise, I realized that, yeah, I do have some beliefs that could really get in the way of me making this business work. And so then we began to set some goals to work on those beliefs, to eliminate them and replace them with beliefs that are going to help them. And then they start repeating them enough so they are empowered and they share with me 
me, wow, I see such a big difference in my mindset and my attitude. I feel like I can do anything with this, and I don't need any validation because I am working on um, beliefs that really help me. And so that is why you have to make sure that your beliefs are in alignment with your vision, whatever it is that you're, you're wanting to do. Here's number three. What do I want to accomplish by this Friday? Again, what do I want to accomplish by this Friday? You know, again, I think I have shared many times before that this this particular question really belongs to a whole set of questions that you ask yourself, such as, you know, what is it that I want to accomplish this year? And then you, then you write that down and you break it down by quarter, by month, by week and by day, right? Well, asking yourself what do you want to accomplish by this Friday, you just need to make sure that it's relevant to what you want to accomplish overall. But there are three things within that question that can't get left out. And those three things have to do with marketing, generating new leads, and sales. Again, marketing, generating new leads, and sales. I think it's very important that when we ask ourselves what we want to accomplish, we cannot leave out the three most important things in business. And when I tell you these are the three most important things, that's exactly what I mean. Without them, you have no business. I can guarantee you, honey, okay? So it's important for you to understand at all times that if there is if you had a whole lot to do you had 100 things on your list and included on that list is marketing generating new leads and sales then those would be the top 3 things that you should work on and drop everything else and i have um been in, participated in mastermind groups with so many popular people, including Anthony Robbins. And one of the things I've heard him say before is that, you know, as the owner, as the entrepreneur, as the CEO of your company, you have to be concerned with how your business is being marketed, represented in this world. And you have to be concerned with how you're generating those leads and make sure that you have, you know, people helping you with that. And you have to be concerned with setting sales goals and making sure that you are accomplishing them. Why? Because without them, not only do you not have a business, but you wouldn't be a very good CEO. Okay, and if you ever look at Bloomberg or CNN Business Hour or any other business show that really focuses on interviewing a lot of CEOs and you listen to the questions that they're asking these CEOs, you will hear them ask, you know, well, what are some of your goals uh, coming up for the company? You know, what were your third quarter earnings? You know, Uh, and the CEOs will talk about those three things, marketing, they'll talk about, you know, new new programs, referral programs, and different things they have to reach clientele, and they'll talk about their sales, quarterly sales goals. That's what they, that's what they'll talk about. Why is that? Because it's the most important thing in business. Absolutely. So let it be the most important thing in business to you. So if you are not marketing your business, which means you are using some type of system to attract others to what you have, then it's impossible to, what, generate new leads, right? And if you're not generating new leads, then that means that you don't have anyone to close the sale with, right? So, of course, if these things are not going on, this is something you have to go back to the drawing board with. And this is something, quite frankly, that you need to go ahead and schedule um, a power talk or coaching session with me on so that I can help you 
figure out a better way um, to start strategizing your marketing or get you to a marketing coach that can really hone in on and help you start getting results. Here's number four. How can I be an asset to my business? Oh, sicky, sicky now. This is my favorite question. That is my goal, um, to be the best ambassador I possibly can be for Women About Biz, right? And so in looking at how you can be an asset, it's all about looking at not only how you're branding your business, but how are you branding yourself? How are you letting other people know exactly what you do? Now, this is one thing I do want to tell you, and I think it's very, very key. You cannot be all over the place. I want to just tell you that right now. And a lot of people, uh, especially women who own businesses tend to sometimes, solopreneurs tend to put themselves all over the place, right? Now, I own multiple sister companies you know, to Women About Biz. I own Solo Assist. It's a virtual assistance company. I own uh, Simple Easy Web, which is a website company, right? And then I am an independent business consultant. And then I have Women About Biz. And then, you know, I, uh, I have, uh, I'm an affiliate of several programs, including business credit, personal credit, all these different things. But I can't be an ambassador for all of those things at one time. There's just no way. So I had to ask myself the question, what do I want people to know me as? What is it that I want people to know me as? And I want, first and foremost, people to know me as a business success coach who specializes in daily operations and workflow through Women About Biz. That's what I do. Um, that's the main company. And so that's what I declare myself an ambassador of. Ask yourself that same question. What do I want people to know me as? I might do multiple things. I may have multiple companies, but you can't be everything to everybody. You have to find out a way to identify your primary business and then from there, once you've identified your primary business, then that's what you should be an ambassador of. And then you can figure out other ways to market the other companies that you have, whether it's having someone else to assist you, uh, having someone else to be the face of, uh, of one of your businesses, utilizing project managers, um, you know, advertising, paid advertising for your other businesses. There's a lot of ways that you can have your other companies moving and generating income, including cross-referring and upselling from your primary business, but you cannot, you cannot um, be the jack of all trades, right? I remember a long time ago, I was on, uh, talking about a networking event that I went to, and this one gentleman, I'll never forget, he looked so put, well put together. Um, he was a nice-looking guy. He stepped up to me, and we were at this networking event, and he took out like about seven or eight business cards, and he fanned them out. And he said, now, sister, I'm going to tell you, I have this many businesses, and I own a shoe shine business. I own a car wash. You know, he was telling me all of these different businesses that he owned. And then he says, and I'm also a real estate agent, and I'm the CEO of this, and I also have, you know, a boys basketball program. He was going on and on and on about all of these things that he did. And quite frankly, it, I started looking at him like a, as a flake. I was like, are you for real? You know, and 
the thing of it is, is that he didn't brand himself on any one thing to impress upon me exactly what he does. He just started listing out all of these businesses, right? And I thought, oh my goodness, he definitely needs to streamline that or figure out a better way to share that information. And so you can imagine now that we're on social media, uh, it can hurt you more if people see that you are, you know, one thing one day, another thing another day. They see you all over the place. You have to be very careful about that because uh, people will see you as standing for nothing if if you're not standing for something. So you've got to determine how are you going to be the ambassador. If you have multiple businesses, what are you going to be the ambassador of? The next thing you need to look at is, are you seeking out new collaborations? You know, uh, stop feeling like you're the only one that knows something. Stop feeling like you don't want to connect and network with other people because business is about people. So you need to learn who's doing what you do or something similar. Who can you collaborate with? And of course, you can ask yourself the question as you look at being an asset to your company, Have you developed a power team, compiled a power team of individuals to help you? Because you may be a solo entrepreneur, but that doesn't mean that you're supposed to be by yourself in managing your business, regardless of whether you're a service business, regardless of whether you're a product business or multi-level marketing, direct sales, home parties. It doesn't really matter. Everyone could use a power team which is a group of professionals who, who have expertise in a particular thing that can shorten your learning curve and help you to move your business along faster, okay? And last but not least, number five, and the five questions of business leadership is, am I investing in myself and my business? And there are three core areas that I want to um, encourage you to look at investing in for yourself. Number one, health and wellness. I can't talk about that enough. Health and wellness is very, very important um, because without energy, without your health, well, you just wouldn't be able to really manage your business. And and you'll be working yourself to the bones, as they say, um, trying to make an uh, incredible income but not be able to enjoy it. So that should be the first thing on your list. The next, marketing and your advertising budget. If you're in business, then you need to be investing some money into marketing and advertising your business, but not shooting off the cuff to do it. You really have to make sure that you talk with a consultant, a marketing consultant, someone who is familiar maybe with your industry to know the best way with the marketing dollars you have to to reach your target audience. And last but not least, you need to be investing in your personal development and your coaching, whether it is a course or whether it is working with me um, on a 30-day or a 90-day basis to really um, you know, move yourself further ahead. You know, the one thing I always tell people is that, you know, when I coach, I teach people from my failures as well as my successes, and I motivate and support people from that place as well. Why? I don't want people to go down the same road I had to go that held me back for months or years, right? I want them to get ahead, and I want to teach them to self-coach themselves and how, how to move forward and how to use principles, strategies, and techniques that are helping me, I want to help them. And it blesses me when I see them able to help other people in the same way. And so again, investing in yourself and your business is, is without a doubt 
one of the number one things that you need to be doing. There you have it, five questions of business leadership. Ask them of yourself as often as you need. Uh, We've got a full board today. I want to thank everybody for being uh, on the show and listening in today. For those of you who are new, Successful Woman Radio is all about providing you, the businesswoman, with a positive environment where you can be motivated, encouraged, and inspired to create a successful life, of course, generating the income that you desire. So ladies, please, in your calendar, mark it for every Monday at 12 p.m. Eastern, regardless of whether it's a holiday, rain, sleet, or snow. I am going to be here for you, right, every single Monday at 12 p.m. And um, you will bless the show and bless me so much if you would just think to share at least with two or three people every week. Hey, listen to the show. Coach Trina talks about a lot of very helpful. Um, So I really appreciate it. And a big thank you to all of you who have been referring so many people to Successful Woman Radio. It is 1236 after the hour. Hang in there. Don't hang up that phone. Don't click off of that screen. I still have quite a bit of information to share with you. I want to go ahead right now And I want to read an excerpt from you from our book of the month, Atomic Habits by James Clear. Uh, I know a lot of you have been texting me and emailing me um, saying, hey, uh, I know uh, that this book was meant for me because I am getting so much from it. And then um, my good buddy up in New Jersey, Cheryl, Cheryl sent me a text that simply said, girl, dot, dot, dot. Uh, And I, I imagine that it is striking a chord with her as she's reading Atomic Habits. Now, the author in his chapters always likes to start off with a lesson learned. He always wants to tell a quick story. So I'm going to just kind of quickly um, set the pace. I'm not going to read to you his whole uh, story that he sets the pace with, but he goes on um, in chapter seven, the secret to self-control of setting the setting the stage to share with you what what is really self-control and how do you really get a grip on it. So he gives the story about U.S. soldiers stationed in Vietnam, and he talks about uh, the fact that 35% of those service members in Vietnam had tried heroin, and as many as 20% of them were addicted. He said the problem was even worse than they had initially thought. Okay, so the discovery of this heroin addiction and uh, and all of these men coming back to the United States led to a flurry of activity in D.C., including the creation of the Special Action Office of Drug Abuse Prevention under President Nixon to promote prevention and rehabilitation. Right, and then one of the popular researchers who were who was involved in this by the name of Lee Robbins, right, he went ahead and he did. Um, some more research, right? And he found that soldiers who had been heroin users returned home, when they returned home, only 5% of them became re-addicted within a year, and just 12% of them relapsed within three years. And he said, in other words, approximately nine out of the 10 soldiers who used heroin in Vietnam eliminated their addiction nearly overnight by simply changing their environment, right? And um, this one thing, okay, this study that they did showed them that the people that were addicted to heroin, the soldiers, that many of them 
were no longer addicted simply by changing their environment, right? The others that were addicted, they still put themselves in an environment of addiction when they got back home, which is what led to them continuing on with heroin, alcohol, other forms of drugs, uh, trying to get high. And so the whole lesson in this that they came to a conclusion of is that people have more self-control when they are able to change their environment. When they change their environment, a lot of different things happen. And that has been proven time and time again, even with a lot of gang violence programs, where if you remove promising students who are showing that they have a desire not to be in a gang, but due to pressure, uh, a lot of pressure, they, they were in the gang in the first place. When they are removed from the neighborhood, and even when they are removed from the state itself and put in a different environment that they thrive. So people, I'm going to pick up here um, from where the author starts talking about the best self-control. He says, people with the best self-control are typically the ones who need to use it the least. It's easier to practice self-restraint when you don't have to use it very often. So yes, perseverance, grit, and willpower are essential to success, but the way to improve these qualities is not by wishing you were a more disciplined person, but by creating a more disciplined environment. This counterintuitive idea makes even more sense once you understand what happens when a habit is formed in the brain. A habit that has been encoded in the mind is ready to be used whenever the relevant situation arises. When Patty Oval, for example, a therapist from Austin, Texas, started smoking, she would often light up while riding horses with a friend. Eventually, she quit smoking and avoided it for years. She had also stopped riding. Decades later, she hopped on a horse again and found herself craving a cigarette for the first time in forever. The cues were still internalized. She just hadn't been exposed to them in a long time. Once a habit has been encoded, the author says, the urge to act follows whenever the environmental cues reappear. And, you know, I'm just going to stop right here and give another example. You take someone who is addicted to alcohol. You know, they can stay off of alcohol for decades, right? And then, some, some stressor happens, some stress point happens, or they are put in an environment um, which becomes a cue for them, and all of a sudden they have a craving to have alcohol again. And so we all have these cues. We all have habits that are not habits we, we want in our lives, but we have cues that causes us to revert back to those habits time and time again. And so this is why the author says once a habit has been encoded, the urge to act follows whenever the environmental cues reappear. He says this is one reason behavior change techniques can backfire. Shaming obese people with weight loss presentations can make them feel stressed, and as a result, many people return to their favorite coping strategy, overeating. Showing pictures of blackened lungs to smokers leads to higher levels of anxiety, which drives people to reach for a cigarette. If you're not careful about cues that you use, you can cause the very behavior you want to stop to keep going and get worse. 
He says bad habits are autocatalytic. The process feeds itself. They foster the feelings they try to numb. You feel bad, so you want to eat junk food. Because you eat junk food, you feel bad. Watching television makes you feel sluggish, so you watch more television because you don't have the energy to do anything else. Worrying about your health, for example, makes you feel anxious, which causes you to smoke to ease your anxiety, which makes your health even worse. And soon, you're feeling more anxious in a downward spiral, a runway train of bad habits. So researchers refer to this phenomenon as cue-induced wanting. That's Q-C-U-E, cue-induced wanting. An external trigger causes a compulsive craving to repeat a bad habit. Once you notice something, you begin to want it. The process is happening all the time, often without us realizing it. Scientists have found that showing addicts a picture of cocaine for just 33 milliseconds stimulates the reward pathway in the brain and sparks the desire. This fast for the brain to consciously register the addicts couldn't even tell you what they had seen, but they crave the drug all the same. Here's the punchline. You can break a habit, but you're unlikely to forget it. Once the mental grooves of habits have been carved into your brain, they are nearly impossible to remove entirely, even if they go unused for quite a while. And that means that simply resisting temptation in an effective strategy, it doesn't help as well. It's hard, the author says, to maintain a Zen attitude in a life filled with interruptions. It takes too much energy. In the short run, you can choose to overpower temptation. In the long run, we become a product of the environment that we live in. To put it bluntly, I have never seen someone consistently stick to positive habit, he says, in a negative environment. A more reliable approach is to cut bad habits off at the source. One of the most practical ways to eliminate a bad habit is to reduce exposure to the cue that causes it. So hopefully, ladies, you're taking some really good notes as we continue to talk about habits and routines for success. He's really telling you about the way to have self-control. So self-control is not necessarily an internal factor as much as it is an external factor, right? Um, You can have more self-control when you control the environment that you're putting yourself in. And he says to, to the way to do this, you know, to, to get yourself into being in control is to eliminate a bad habit, is to reduce the exposure to the cue that causes it. And oftentimes, for most of us, the cue has something to do with the environment that we put ourselves in. He says, if you can't seem to get any work done, leave your phone in another room for a few hours, right? If you're continually feeling like you're not enough, Stop following social media accounts that trigger jealousy and envy. Now, you know what? He's right on that one. If you're wasting too much time watching television, move the TV out of the bedroom. If you're spending too much money on electronics, quit reading reviews of the latest tech gear. If you're playing too many video games, unplug the console and put it in the closet after each use. And then I want to add one for you. If you can't seem to... Um, you know, to generate leads, if you can't seem to get things done, if you can't seem um, to uh, generate the income you're seeking in your business, stop thinking you, it, that, that the answer is all within you. 
There are other people who've been there, done that, that can show you how to make things work a lot faster if you would just give up the ghost and and go ahead and get some coaching or work with an expert who can help you build your business faster, things would work better for you. You don't know everything. That's the first, that's one of the hardest lessons I've had to learn. I've had to look in the mirror and say, Trina Newbie, you don't know everything, girl. You need to get someone to help you with this. You need to stop feeling like you don't want to use a VA. You need to stop feeling like you don't want to do this or that just because you think you do it better. You better get off that high horse if you really want to accomplish the goals that you have laid out for yourself. Uh, Yeah, I talk to myself like that. You better believe it because I tap into my personal power every single day and I look at my habits and I look at my beliefs because I have a desire to be a better person for myself and for God. And I hope that each of you that are listening to the show, I hope that is what you want for yourself as well. He says, Self-control is a short-term strategy, not a long-term one. You may be able to resist temptation once or twice, but it's unlikely you can muster the willpower to override your desires every single time. Instead of summoning a new dose of willpower whenever you want to do the right thing, your energy will be better spent optimizing your environment. This is the secret to self-control. I know this all too well. And I want to You know, just as I end the excerpt, reading the excerpt here, and again, that was chapter seven about self-control in the book, Atomic Habits by James Clear, I want to just let you guys know something else that I have learned, too, and that is that your subconscious mind is stronger than you. It controls 90 plus percent of all of your being and your existence of who you are, including both mentally and physical. Okay, it's almost like a another person mentally, another existence within you. And honey, let me tell you, it will trip you up. It will help you sabotage yourself. It will talk to you. It will make you think you're right. It will give you emotions you never even thought were there. This is why I think it's so important as we talk about habits that you begin to understand that all Um, All emotions, all original thought, all experiences, all feelings, everything is registered in the subconscious mind. And I can tell you that without a doubt, the conscious mind, which is where a lot of your desires uh, reside, right? Uh, Your conscious mind holds your thoughts, it holds your experiences and your opinions and what you want. It allows you to speak verbally, right? Your conscious mind allows you to think without even talking as well. I can tell you right now that you can say all day long in your conscious what you want to do, but it's only when the subconscious agrees with you, will it allow you will it allow you to start doing those things and accomplishing those things? And if you don't believe me, ask yourself why haven't you done certain things now? Ask yourself why haven't you moved further in your business? Ask yourself these things to see if it is not so. What I am sharing with you is so profound. It is so true. What I am telling you is that if you learn how to tap into your personal power, if you learn how to put your beliefs in check, if you learn how to develop good habits and change your environment, you are going to start seeing yourself be a more successful businesswoman. I can guarantee you that. 
So there you have it from James Clear, uh, an excerpt from the book, Atomic Habits. Go pick up your copy as we continue on with that. Um, I want to go ahead right now, and I want to um, talk to you about some some social media routines I think that are very important. Again, social media routines that I think are very, very important. Um, and I was on a website called Cluehawk, C-L-O-O-H-A-W-K, and I found a really, really interesting article um, where they were talking about a lot of different routines. So the first thing that you need to know is that if you're going to be successful on social media, first thing, first thing is you got to stop uh, mocking everybody else. You got to stop copying off of everybody else. You got to stop following the crowd and doing what everybody else is doing. Calm down, right? Um, and first of all, go to your place of authenticity and really have a day of quiet where you say, you know, how do I want people to see me on social media? You know, what is it that I'm really wanting people to know? Other than just selling my business service, what can I share with people that is of some value? How can I be more authentic? How can I build my credibility and build followers? What can I do, okay? So I think that's the first that you have to do, uh, and it has to become a routine. Uh, you, have to, you have to look at what is it to how you're wanting people to see you, right? And then the next thing that I think is key is that you need to look at how your content creation for social media is going on. And this is where I think that you really, you know, if you are a solopreneur and you don't have an assistant or anyone, this is where you're really going to have to get someone to assist you, a social media manager, uh, a VA who specializes just in social media. Why? Because content is definitely at the heart of social media marketing. It is something that's very, very important, and you have to make sure that your content is well thought out. This is why I think when I did a series on blogging, and one of the things you have to do is you, you really need to be thinking about a theme every month that you want to blog about, that you want to talk about, and then from that theme, you can begin to repurpose that, that blog article that you've written on. You can repurpose it into videos, infographics. Um, podcasts, audios, um, uh, tips, uh, Facebook lives. You can repurpose it. So a lot of times business women think that, oh, my gosh, I can't, uh, you know, I have to come up with so much content. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to do. It's just too much content I have to come up with when in actuality what you really need to be doing is really thinking about your content in the thought path of things. Each month, you should know what your theme is going to be, and then you can repurpose, right, have a really good article written, and then repurpose uh, the content in many different ways. And while it may look different, it's all relating to the same thing, okay? And that will be your theme for the month. The other thing I want to share with you that's a really good habit, too, is stop feeling like you've got to originally create everything because you really, really don't have to. There's something called content creation, okay, uh, or curation, not creation, but content curation, C-U-R-A-T-I-O-N, okay? So content curation is when you have read other pieces of information and valid things that um, – you want to share with your listening audience or with your viewers, right, or with your followers. And you can paraphrase, you can talk about it. And as a matter of fact, 
I did content creation just right now and talking with you about routines for social media because I've I've curated the content from something that I've read, adding in my own personal thoughts. And but I gave you the the source, cluehawk.com, right? And so it's important for you to understand that you don't always have to uh, have original pieces of content. You can also do content creation or curation, and you can share your thoughts or paraphrase or rephrase. And you can do that not only with social media posts, you can do it with articles, you can do it in videos, or like I'm doing it on my live podcast here. There is a lot of ways that you can actually do it. Now, the other thing that's really important is scheduling your social media content. You have to get in the habit of doing that, right? And one of the best ways that I like to do it with the person who helped me, uh, has helped me in the past with social media is, you know, just have a bit block calendar. And if you have Google Calendar uh, in your Google account, you can have multiple calendars. And again, I'm not telling you to have multiple calendars that you that you actually have to look at every day. But you can have planning calendars, and then you can have one primary calendar from which everything happens. But you can have a planning, a social media planning calendar in your Google account, which allows you to schedule out your content, and you can share that calendar with your assistant, okay? So it's important that things are pre-scheduled. If you have um, an Instagram account, uh, a scheduler like Planoli, or planally.com uh, really, really helps you to see what your layout on your social media is going to look like. And hands down, and I've been talking about this for a long time, hands down, uh, people are getting a lot more social media likes and participation and engagement when your social media post is more pictures of yourself. Um, and and more lifestyle pictures of you uh, and more live videos, they are engaging more. So keep that in mind as you're looking at um, at content. All of these things, in my opinion, ladies, can only become a habit when you plan them to be a habit. When you change your your work environment of doing social media. First of all, you really do need to find you um, a part-time virtual assistant. I think a virtual assistant who, who's even helping you just five hours a week can really uh, take on the task of scheduling and helping you with your social media and some other things, right? So you've got to get into this habit, this routine of planning out your social media for the month and doing it a month ahead. So again, I hope these helping you. I hope uh, I hope that you guys are really paying attention um, to building routines in your business that can help you to move yourself further along, which is so very, very key. Of course, last but not least, I just quickly want to want to say for those of you who are service business owners, right? You know, um, stop putting up the excuse that you can't market your service during the holiday season because you can, right? So what is number one is you need to decide on the service that you're going to really deeply discount, okay? And then from there, that's how you build your marketing campaign. Uh, Go on Fiverr 
or get your graphic designer to then start working on building some really good graphic pieces that you will be able to post that represent your service the best. Don't forget you want to also um, have a page on your website that's specifically featuring that flagship service as well. Don't forget to use the power of video because today video is queen of the digital world and of course all of the platforms give it priority. So you want to at least one time a day um, make it your business to go do two or three minute video on your service for the holidays and the discount. Uh, create create some excitement, um, build, build up anticipation by giving them a date that this service is going to be available for 30% off, 50% off, or, or what have you. Very, very important, right? Um, and then do a launch on the day that the service is opened up and people can actually purchase it. Do a virtual launch and, you know, have it going uh, on throughout the day. You might do three or four Zooms throughout the day uh, and have some customers and some people who can provide testimonials on on the virtual launch uh, of, of the service for the holiday season, okay? So again, there are so many things that you can do to put yourself out there for the holiday season. The retail market has already begun to do it, and so should you. That's all I have for today, ladies. I want you to have a beautiful week. Don't forget, success is yours for the taking. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.